Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be both encouraged and challenged to step into what God has in store for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. I would ask you to stand, and we're just going to present ourselves before the Lord. Father God, I thank you for this family. It's so amazing to do life together, and... Uh, Thank you for my brothers and my sisters. Thank you for this church. And Father, we are standing before you because we want to take a hold of what you want to tell us uh, this morning. We want to open up to what you want to say. And we, uh, we ask your Holy Spirit to come and move us, move in us, reveal the thoughts that you have. What we want to see is to see the living Christ in our daily life. We want to see you be real in us. And and we just ask, as the word is being preached, that you would come and, and have your way in us, in us, Lord. I thank you for each person here, and I thank you that you would, uh, I pray that you would touch their lives. I pray also that you would bless all our visitors this morning. Yes, Father, we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may, you may grab a seat. So we've been talking on freedom, and, um, and the focus is on freedom now. Uh, when it comes to John chapter 14, it says that Jesus is gone to prepare us a place. And, and the ultimate ministry or the reason why Jesus came was to reconcile us with the Father. And uh, one of the things that we are looking forward to as a people that have hope is that we'll see him face to face one day. It's going to be amazing uh, to sit at, the, uh, at the, the Supper of the Lamb and to sit with all the heroes of the faith, right, and celebrate the Lamb of God. It's going to be amazing. One day, we'll see him face to face, and we'll experience total freedom, right? And when we'll see him to face to face, then we, we know that in heaven, there's not going to be any sorrows, no pain, no suffering, no mourning. It's going to be pure freedom. But that doesn't mean that as we wait for that total freedom to happen, that we can't experience freedom now. I believe that God wants to lead us in freedom. I believe that God wants you to live a life of freedom. I don't think God wants you to carry a load, a, a loads on your back or carry extra luggage or, or be weighted down by the things of life. I believe that God wants you to walk in freedom and experience that amazing freedom that he came to give us. Because the reason why Jesus came was for my freedom. Can you tell your neighbor that Jesus came for freedom? He came for freedom in view of eternity. He came for freedom in view of eternity, but he also came for me to experience freedom. So last week I spoke on Isaiah 61, verse 1. And uh, as I was thinking about moving forward and, not, and moving forward from this text, in the middle of the week I was reading the whole text again, and I was just grabbed by verse 3, and I would like to explain to expand verse 3 and talk about uh, what God came or what, why Jesus came. If we look at Isaiah 61, verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Verse 3, and provide to those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a plantation of the Lord for the display of his splendor. 
So when you look at Isaiah 61, we see the mission of Jesus. Jesus came for our freedom. And what we talked about last week, we talked about the first verses where, it, where we see that he came to preach good news to the poor, meaning that he came to give us what we could not afford, that wherever we are in life, God's grace comes to us, and he reveals himself to us that it's not something that we earn, it's really given by God. And we also talked about that he came to heal our hearts and that God doesn't want you to, to do life with a broken heart. Like I said last week, we do get our heart broke, uh, broken and sometimes we go through rough patches, but we're not called to live life with a broken heart, right? God wants to come and heal our hearts. So the thing is, when we look at the ministry of Jesus, Jesus came to heal your heart. So let him heal your heart. Let him restore you because that's what he wants to do. Also, we talked about that he came to set the captives free, that he came to unstuck us, if that's a word, to release us so that we can experience freedom. And he also came to release those that are uh, stuck in darkness, that talks about sin, that Jesus came to free us from the bondage, the bondage of sin, that we should not have sin as our master. Jesus should be our master. So Jesus comes into our life and he wants to break the power of sin, that we would not be under the burden and the yoke of sin, that we would not be slave to sin, but that we would be able to triumph over sin, that we would live a life victoriously. Amen? Because this is why Jesus came. Jesus came for us to experience freedom. So what I'd like to focus on this morning, I'd like to focus on what God wants to put on you. So he comes to set you free, but he also wants to put on you a crown of beauty. He also wants to pour his oil of gladness on you. And he also wants to close you with his garment of praise. All right, so are you ready for the journey? So we'll talk about what he wants to put on you. The first thing that he wants to put on you is a crown of beauty, a diadem. It, it, it talks about acceptance. It talks about assurance. It talks about peace with God. It talks about Jesus came to value me. And that is weird when you think about that. Because you look at how God is immense. You think about him making the heaven his throne and the earth is his footstool. You think about how God is, is the king of all, the Lord of lords, the king of kings. And he comes and he, he connects with us and he values us. And this is why we have John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his son. So one of the things that we need to take a hold of, one of the truths that it's important for us to grasp is that we're valued by God. If I do not know that I'm valued by God, if I do not know that I'm, I'm important for God, if I do not see my value in him, it's going to be hard for me to walk in freedom. Would you agree? If I don't see myself... Um, um, as his, or if I live like an orphan, or I think that I'm living on my own, I will not be able to live in freedom. One of the foundation of freedom living, it's to know that you are in God's sight, that you're valued by him. And it's hard for us to take a hold of this because we look at our mistakes, we look at our errors, we look at our struggles and sins, and we think that we're not worthy or not good enough for God. For sure in the flesh, we're not. But Jesus came to build a gap and to bring us to a place of relationship with Father. And, and Father loves us dearly, and I need to know that. 
And I don't want to be caught by the circumstances of life where the circumstances of life controls my life. I need to know that in all this, God cares for me and he loves me. So that's a huge component when it comes to freedom. So Jesus came to have an eye-to-eye contact with you to look in the white of your eyes and say, you're, the, you're a son. You're a daughter of the, most, of the Most High. You're a son of the Father. You're a daughter of, of, uh, of the Father. And, and when you take a hold of this truth, it makes a big difference. Because as we've said in the past, and as you know, life is sometimes rough, right? And it's not always what we expected. So one of the things that you can have, you can have assurance is that He loves you and He cares for you. And He's always going to be in your corner. So I want to tap into that. I want to live with that mindset. Um, I like what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. Pretty cool, right? The Spirit of God witnesses to my spirit, reminds me that I'm his child. So when things get rough or things, uh, maybe I come to a point where I question things, I need to remember this, that the Spirit wants to tell me that I am his son. And that's one of the role of the Holy Spirit. This is how important it is. One of the role of the Holy Spirit is to remind you that you belong to Him. When you said yes to Christ, when you accepted Him in your life, well, the Spirit wants to remind you that you're His. It's important for you to take a hold of that because if you don't walk by this truth, you'll not, you, won't, you won't be able to walk in freedom because you will always come short. You will always walk under performance and you will always think that maybe you're not as important as your neighbor or think that God loves you less or, or you compare yourself with others. But when you know that you're loved and, and you know that you're valued by him, that you are part of the household, that there's a place at the ta- table for me, is that when you're invited to a wedding on this whiteboard, your name is on it. Right? That's pretty cool, right? So when you go to a wedding and you're not too sure if you're invited or not, and you run to the whiteboard, it's not as fun, right? Then you see your name is not there, and you don't know what to do anymore, right? Uh, But your name is on that whiteboard because of Jesus. So one of the things that Jesus came to do, it's to place on my head and your head a crown, uh, a a diadem uh, that talks about sonship and, and that we're accepted. The Bible says that he has grafted me the vine. Like we, we have an apple tree. When I look at the apple tree, the branch and the trunk is the apple tree. I can't, when I talk, when I look at the apple tree, it's not just the trunk, it's also the branches. So you can't really separate the branch from the tree because they're one. And this is how I am, or this is my relationship, or my position in Christ, is that I am this branch and I'm connected with the tree. And from the tree, from the roots, uh, sap flows, and it makes me uh, able to bear fruit, and it makes me able to fulfill my calling. So I'm part of God. I'm one with God. And John chapter 1, verse 12 talks about that. Uh, but to all who believe in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Gave the right. Can you say that to your neighbor? Gave the right. Gave the right. Wow. I have the right. I got to go to the bank with that. Right? I've got to put that in my back pocket. I got to know that I have rights. I can approach God with assurance. Not with arrogance, but with assurance. 
I don't have to be afraid of God because it's my Father and He loves me and He cares for me. So Jesus came. And the reason why He came was for your freedom. And in that freedom, you need to know that you're valued by Him, that you're important for Him. That whatever you go through, whatever you face, He's there. He's with you. You're not alone. You're not an orphan. You're not abandoned. You are loved and valued by the Father. This is a huge component, and we need to store that in our hearts. And you might know that intellectually, but to live by it, it's a different story. Would you agree? It's hard to live like a son and a daughter because how we were raised, we were raised under performance. If you have a certain um, marks, then you'll pass. If you don't have that mark, you fail. And we sometimes bring that in Christianity, and that's not what God wants to do. So I don't have to hold on to my guilt, you know. I can be free from my guilt. I don't have to be paralyzed by my past or my former mistakes. I don't have to punish myself and believe that I deserve to suffer. He came to put a crown in my, on my head instead of ashes. And ashes is linked to guilt, shame, condemnation, and feeling not worthy. And feeling not worthy. So, so he removes the ashes and he puts a crown over my head. And Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 gives us this picture. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. It's pretty clear, right? He purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So I, I need to see that. I need to see that I'm valued for God. That, that I am his son and he's Abba. And that's what it says in Romans 8.15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes us a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. By him we cry, Abba, Father. Daddy, you will take care of me. So the first thing that Jesus came to put on you is a crown to say, Hey, you are beloved. You are valued. You're important for me. I got to store that in my heart, right? So that's the first thing he came to put on me. The second thing he came to put on me is oil of gladness. And that's pretty amazing. In biblical time, they would put oil on their face to give themselves a healthy and lovely glow. Especially in festivities. When they had festivals, they would, put, they would rub oil on their face. It was their, their makeup. And even the guys would do that. Not only the ladies. So they would put oil on their head and their, on their face. And also when they would venture out, they would also put oil on their face to protect them from the wind and, and the dryness of the land. But one of the things that you find about oil in the Bible, it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Especially when it's linked with joy. Oil and joy, it really refers to the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying that if we want to experience freedom or we want to walk in freedom, i got to take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is called to be poured upon us. That the Holy Spirit is called to fill us. That we're called to be um, moved by the Holy Spirit. And I believe that if you want to walk in freedom, if I can have your attention, I think this is huge, that if you want to live in freedom, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't think I can walk in freedom if I don't experience the filling of the Holy Spirit. Because joy is found in the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If I want to do God's will, I can't do it on my own. I need to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. The thing with the Holy Spirit is not one filled, always filled. You see? You might have a great 
Great stories of what happened to you in 1988 or 1995 or 2005. Fantastic. Praise, praise God for these events. But God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus talks about the oil of gladness, he talks about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What Joel prophesied and that, that Peter stood before the congregation of Israel and said, this is fulfilled, that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. So I need to know and look at inwardly and see and, and, and look at my life and say, am I, am I walking in the fullness, fullness of the Holy Spirit? Am I filled by the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy, Holy Spirit energizing me? And the only place that the Holy Spirit really can energize you is when you experience His presence. I, I think about the fall. Um, how many of you, you realize, or you've not realized, but it's been busy since you came back from, since September started. It's busy, like, it's crazy. I, I look at my life since September. We started the fourth service, the discipleship school, everything about the future, everything that needs to be done. It was, it was crazy busy. And uh, a few weeks ago, as I was preparing this, and, and uh, I just had a nudge in my heart in that relationship with Father, and, and, and Father was kind of uh, reminding me, Claude, are you filled up? Are you running on past fumes? Are you, are you living by experiences of the past? Are you right now filled? And I had to say, God, right now I'm, I'm not overflowing. I need to overflow. Because when I experience the overflow of the Holy Spirit in my life, there's freedom. There's freedom for me to do what I'm called to do. So it's so huge. I, I know that you want to walk in freedom. And I know that Jesus came to bring freedom to you, but one of the reality that is needed for us to walk in freedom is to experience the reality of Holy Spirit where we're filled by Him, we're renewed by Him, where we're encountered by Him. Mm. Can I pray with you this morning? Can, can you uh, stretch your hand in front of you this morning? Father, we thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for this prophetic voice, this pro prophetic word about the oil of joy. And we, we, we stand before you, or we sit before you, and we ask you to fill us with your spirit. We ask you to renew us in the inside. We don't want to do life on the empty. We don't want to do life on our own strength. You've called us to freedom, but we understand that we can't walk in that freedom on our own. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit. May you arise in me. May you pour also on me your oil this morning, that I would be renewed in you so I can walk in the freedom, so that I can walk in your will, so I can love like you've called me to love, so I can shine like you've called me to shine. So come and, and overflow in my life, I pray. Amen? I like Acts chapter 13, verse 52. Look what it says. It says, And the disciples were continually filled with joy, and with the Holy Spirit. And that's in the American Standard Bible. And the focus is on continual, continu, continually. Whoa. And it, it, it talks about always, in, in the Greek it talks about always filled, always filled, always filled. And this is how, this is what God wants to do in your life. He wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. It's for today, it's for you. And Jesus, Jesus came for you to experience that. And, and as you as you open up, and let me say this, as you see the need, listen, ah, oh, that's my prayer, that all of us, we would see the need 
of being filled with the Holy Spirit. That we would see that we can't do it without the reality of Holy Spirit. It would change a lot of things in our lives. It would definitely bring freedom, right? I, I look at Paul when he wrote Philippians chapter 4. In chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. How was he able to say rejoice in the Lord always when he was in prison? He was waiting for his death sentence. It was, it was because he had the Holy Spirit inside of him. Like, he could have mourned and complained and have self-pity. He could have, like, oh, why, God, have you abandoned me? Why, why are you not there? I've been faithful to you. How come this is happening to me? He could have been frustrated, bitter. But the reason why he was not bitter, it's not because he was better than us. It was because he was filled with the Spirit. You see? It was because he brought his requests to the Lord because he made the Lord his, his refuge because God, the reality of God was in his daily life. And because he, God was not distant and God was touchable and because he absorbed God's presence, he was able to say, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You see? Being filled with the Holy Spirit makes you soar over your circumstances. Doesn't mean that it's not easy. Doesn't mean that they all disappear. But you have the strength the inner power to do it because God is in you, because God is arising in you. So you want to see that in your lives, in your life. Like Jesus talks about the prophecy, talks about the promise of the Holy Spirit. And he says, rivers will flow from your bosom. Whoever is thirsty, come to me. And rivers will overflow from your inner man. That's pretty cool. Rivers. Life. Ezekiel 47 says, wherever the river flows, everything grows. There's liberty. So the thing is, for me to walk in liberty, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I need to see my need of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You see this example of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Awesome text that talks about that. He says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Why? How come? Because of this all-surpassing power that is the reality of the Holy Spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit inside of them. So there's freedom in the Holy Spirit for me to do His will, to live victoriously. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So I want the Holy Spirit in me. I want to see the Holy Spirit arise in me. I want to experience Him. I want to feed off His presence on a daily basis. I want to know Him. I want to, I, I want to, I, I want to be soaked. I want to, uh, I want to be submerged in Him. And when that happens, I experience freedom. Mm. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49 says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. You think about Peter, you look at the disciples before and after the upper room. They were not free before the upper room. They weren't. We'll talk later on in the series of fear. They, they were not able to go, but Peter, after the upper room, was free. Amen? He was free to stand over beyond his fears and, and preach the message of the gospel. And multitude came to him. So 
Jesus came to pour his oil on me, and freedom is found in the Holy Spirit. The third thing that he wants to put on me and that he wants to put on you, it's the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. Can you say to your neighbor that you want to have this garment of praise? Can you do that? The garment of praise. In the Hebrew, when it comes to the garment of praise, it talks about being wrapped up in praise. You're wrapped up by this garment of praise. So Jesus came to put on you this garment of praise. And if you look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, just to lay the foundation for this point, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. That's pretty cool, right? We're all priests. Offering, and the call of the priesthood is offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Like I just said, we are all, we are all priests, and our call is to worship. What is the call of the priest? It's to serve in the holy place and focus on the holy of holy, and it's to make sure that God received the praise and the honor. So I really believe that freedom is experienced when I see him, when I know him. When I see who God is, when I experience him, I think I believe freedom occurs. It, 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 it jumps in my heart. And Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that confess his name. I, I, I believe, and when I look at Scripture, especially when I look at the Psalms of David, when we engage ourselves in worship, we experience freedom. That if you want to walk in freedom, experience praise and worship. When you go before God, it doesn't matter your style, it doesn't matter, like, what style it is. Uh, you go before him and you start to worship God. You start to focus on him. Start to think and, and express verbally. Tell him well, the song that focuses on, on his attributes, on who he is. And something happens inside of you. There's a freedom that happens inside of your heart when you start to worship. One of the reasons why is because you're removing your focus on circumstances and you're putting your eyes on him. And the, the times that you want to worship the less is probably the time that you should worship the most. And I like what, the, what David says, may my soul bless the Lord, meaning soul bless the Lord. You don't feel like praising the Lord. It's, it's not the perfect context. It's not the perfect season. But you choose to worship God. You, you choose to put this garment of praise to say, yes, God, you've called me to worship you. You start to worship. First of all, you, first of all that's your first mandate as a priest is to give glory and honor to God. So you stand before God and you worship him. You're caught up with him. And what happens is that he starts to move in you and he frees you. You see? Jesus came to give you the garment of praise. This is what he, he wants to put on you. And when you wear this garment of praise, you will experience freedom. Uh, and you probably can witness, and you probably have stories of when you're stressed out of your mind and your world is getting crazy, you stop for a moment and you start to worship God, something happens in the inside, right? But my first, you know, my, my first reaction or my first thing that I want to do is not to do that. Right? I, I don't want to do that. I want to deal with it. I, I want to process things, and it's not wrong to process things. But when I come before God, I receive this peace inside of my heart. And it helps me to make the right decision because I met with God, right? So, so freedom is experienced 
when I know who he is and when I see him, and that will happen through worship and praise. I like what it said in Psalm 100. Listen to this, because it really talks about action here. It really talks about me responding or me taking the step forward. That, that's my responsibility. All that we've talked about last week and all that we have talked, we're talking today, it's based on my response, right? And Jesus came to put a diadem over my head. It's my choice to believe that I'm, I'm his son or not. If not, well, I won't experience freedom. I have the choice to receive this oil of joy and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If I don't, well, I, I, will experience, I, I will miss that freedom. It's the same thing when it comes to praise. When I enter in praise, when I start to worship God, something happens. But it's a step I, I need to make or take. Look what it says in verse 1. It says, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. It's not talking about hockey here. It says, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Are we all the earth? We are all the earth. That's me and you. It's shout. It's being loud. It's being, God, you're so amazing, right? Worship the Lord with gladness. Mm, Wow. And it says here, come before him. So it's your action to come before him. It's a step that you, that you take. Uh, come before him singing with joy. Um, acknowledge that the Lord is God. You take a, a, the reason why you worship, you just think, why should I worship? Why wouldn't I worship? Oh God, you're so, so good. You're so amazing. How can I not worship? So you acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and that's why, that's what we have to remember. He made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Just that should make us explode. That we are the sheep of his pastor, that he's shepherding me, that I'm his, I'm his son, I'm valued by him. Wow! Right? It's, yeah, I want to shout, I want to rejoice, I want to praise him because he's so amazing. Right? And it says in verse 4, enter his gates again, the action of entering in his gates with thanksgiving. And it, it says, go into his courts, go. So you have the choice not to go or, or to go, but it's a, the step that you take. I go. And it's not based on circumstances. It's based on you obeying. You go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And verse 5 is the pinnacle of, of that psalm. Is for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. His faithfulness continues to each generation. It doesn't, doesn't stop at me. It goes on and on. I need to be caught by this, people. I need to be caught by the splendor of the Lord. When I'm caught by the splendor of the Lord and I engage in worship and I focus on him and I embrace him, he embraces me and freedom happens. Freedom arises inside of our hearts when we engage in worship. But I need to engage. I, 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 can, I, I can live a life without worship. I can live a life without connecting with God in this way. But I'm missing out on touching Him. I'm missing out on experiencing Him. And I'm missing out on the freedom that it brings to me and you. All right? I think it's huge. So we want to respond to God's call. So worship causes me to see him. And it talks about um, the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Spirit of despair is discouragement, depression, heaviness. You see? So, when, so you, there's this exchange. Instead of being discouraged and, and, and heavy down, you experience worship 
and you experience freedom. This is what God wants to do. So freedom is found in worship. And God is so good. I, I think about the story in the Bible. Remember the story of this lady that was in Simeon's house? He was a Pharisee. And uh, they were sitting in the courts, in, the, in, in, uh, in Simeon's court. And this lady came, and, and with her tears, she uh, washed Jesus' feet. And Simeon was sitting there, and, and he thought that if Jesus would be a prophet, he would know that this, this lady is, is a sinful lady. But she came before Jesus in her sins, and, and she was just repenting, washing Jesus' feet with her tears. And Jesus said this. He says, she, um, she, she was forgiven much, she's going to love much more. Like, she was forgiven so much, then she's going to love more, much. And I, I like this thought. I might not saying it, say it properly right now, but the thought is that she was forgiven so much that she loved. It's the same thing with us. We, we were forgiven so much. So much. I don't want to be like the Pharisee thinking that I'm fine and dandy without Jesus. Jesus did it all. And I, and I, I like to say in reality, and I've said that before, if I, would be God, I would have, if I would be God, I would have given up on myself a long time ago. But God is a merciful God. He is so amazing. He's worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my worship. And when I engage myself in that worship and that praise, it frees me from within. It changes me. You know, the goal that God has for you is that you would be an oak of righteousness like we see in this verse. This huge oak of righteousness. Those massive oaks with deep roots, with awesome branches, you know, that bear fruits. This is what God has in mind for you. God has called us for freedom, not for bondage. God has called you to walk in freedom. Yeah, and waiting for this awesome day where you'll see him face to face. But Jesus wants you now to walk in freedom. May you accept his crown, his sonship. May you ask him to fill you with the spirit. May you choose to worship. May you be a worshiper. May, may you verbalize what God has done to you, for you, and experience that freedom. And I think that when you do this, you will experience a, a fresh freedom. You will experience newness when it comes to your faith. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the GMC Podcast. For more info about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week.